You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This, this is the Blue Horseshoe with your host, George Brummer and Ryan Hickey. George, we did promise some positives. Now, look, I'll be honest here. Let's just pull back the curtain. We were doing this podcast after after the game. It was a very ugly game. Very few things to feel good about for the Colts. It's 1 o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast. I think at this point we're just delusion For what we see, loopy, delusional, whatever you want to call it. So this is a little weird, but I will say, I want to start here with one of the positives. Has nothing to do with the Colts whatsoever. The Broncos post-game press conference just wrapped up, and something I saw – Gave me the biggest laugh and the biggest smile, George. Even more than the Colts winning the game. I am more joyous listening to this six-second bite from Russell Wilson than I am even even with the Colts winning on a walk-off field goal just for the path that they got there and how ugly it was. So I want to play for you guys here to maybe just give you a little smile. If you're down still, even though the Colts won, if you're down frustrated with how they're playing, rightfully so, maybe the Russell Wilson will kind of cheer up a little bit. So let's not forget, right, George? This is a Broncos offense coming off a game. They just scored nine points, three field goals. That's it in an overtime loss in which Russell Wilson threw two of the worst picks we'll ever see. Threw one up for, literally threw it up to the Colts. I think he just, for whatever reason, Rodney Thomas, fun story, take a pick. Here's a freebie on me. Then somehow that was bad enough, right? You think that's the worst pick of the day. Arguably, George, the second one, just over two minutes to go, clinging my three-point lead, goes, ah, let me try Stephon Gilmore. In the end zone, a place we haven't gone all game, boom, picked off to give the Colts life. And as we know, they drove down the field to eventually tie the game. And then on fourth and one, game on the line, he says, ah, Gilmore got me once. I'll get him again. Psych. Gilmore knocks away, end the game, and the Broncos not only have their fans booing when they're winning most of the game, don't score a touchdown at home, have their fans leaving the game for a tie game. And then Russell Wilson. Ends his press conference like this. Folks, take a listen to this piece. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Broncos country. Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. After scoring nine points in a loss. George, you can't finish. You cannot end the press conference like that. You can't. No, especially not after those two goal-to-goal situations there where, where you throw the pick to, to Stevon Gilmore, and then on fourth and one, you 
you get broken up. You, you can't do that. First of all, I think both franchises, you know, there's that battle kind of between Indy and Denver, like who does Peyton Manning belong to? And we all know it's Indianapolis because oh. he was here for 14 years. The, both franchises should lose their rights to Peyton Manning because of this game. The, the offenses were so bad, neither one of them should be able to claim him anymore. He's officially ESPN's. Peyton may have led the charge, brother, before the fans leave. I think he may have been the first one out the door and said, all right, if Peyton's <laughs> leaving, what the hell are we still doing here? He uh, is natural like, leader. He is a natural leader. He that he is. But sure, I mean, that sounds like a college football coach. No, it's that's all Broncos awful. country, let's ride. It's yeah. too wordy, not to mention after a loss. You you say to him, I get Russell Wilson's always a positive guy, right? We talk about Matt Reinhardt and his always upbeatness and, and never feeling out of it. Russell Wilson's like that on steroids. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I take too much joy. Like, that yeah. is just so it's almost like I kind of said in a way, but that is truly unbelievable, George. So I will say this. Let's that's, you know, maybe the first positive here for the Colts fans is, hey, you didn't lose this game. As ugly as this game was, you were on the winning end of it. You know how bad the win felt. Imagine how it feels to lose. And then, you know, here, let's ride. So, yeah, that's right. If you're a Broncos fan, you might be more pissed at that than the game itself. I the Colts equivalent. Our producer Bill Colts going to be, uh, let's was it Colts Nation saddle up? That was his uh, his <laughs> creation. I like that. If for the had, shoe, for the shoe, whatever you want to say. If they ended a pre- if Frank, if the Colts lost this game and Frank Reich had the gall to say, for the shoe, Colts Nation saddle up. He should have if a little I'm anvil. <laughs> Frank Reich needs a little anvil that he can pound there on the, on the on the podium. I think that would. That would spice up these these post game pressers. Yeah, we need more college antics. That is that is for sure. <laughs> spice up always a, a dull, dull game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But, George, you did mention, outside of just that, that hilarious clip, there are some other positives here, Colts specifically. Let's start with the man who we just mentioned, just tormented Russell Wilson. Stephon Gilmore, arguably his yep. best game as a Colt so far in these five games. Mostly on Cortland Sun did a great job in the end zone, like you mentioned, getting that interception to give really Colts life. Like, they were dead. That offense mm-hmm. was totally dead all game long. That really kind of gave him a shot of energy, breaks up the, the game-winning pass or what could have been the game-winning touchdown pass in the end zone to seal the game. He was tremendous. He was a ball hawk. He was everything the Colts like thought they were getting from a former All Pro uh, or a former, excuse me, Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, you know, and I think I don't think it's any coincidence the two games that they won. Stephon Gilmore played his two best games. You know, the Kansas City game and and this one here against Denver. Those are the two best games that Stephon Gilmore's played. I think he's been invaluable to this secondary. I'm not sure a kid like Rodney Thomas comes in and plays the way that he did. He's another positive, by the way, with the interception. But also, let's talk about this guy for a minute. Two of your first three NFL games are against Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. They both test you deep and you knock away the ball both times coming out of nowhere to, to get the breakup. Uh, he did that early in the game. You know, yeah, the interception was kind of a, a gift for him. But he had, you know, Russell tried to go deep early in that game, and Ronnie Thomas was not having it. Uh, but I'm not sure a kid like that 
a seventh round pick out of Yale is as confident coming in without Stephon Gilmore being in that that position group with him. And Gilmore's been so invaluable at getting these guys ready, at teaching them little tricks to look for from the quarterback, from the wide receivers, from the offensive linemen, whatever it may be. You know, Alec Pierce said early on, I think one of the reasons Alec Pierce is breaking out and being so good is that Stephon Gilmore basically bullied him during training camp <laughs> and got inside his head. But Pierce said on this show that Gilmore knew the route he was running better than he did. But he's been sharing that with these defensive backs. And I think also another positive, hey, Kenny Moore, he broke up the one touchdown that, that Denver seemed to have early on. Kenny Moore got his hand in there and knocked that ball out, and it looked like the old Pro Bowl version of Kenny Moore. So that's a good thing to see, too. All of this secondary, they've been the strength of this team, I think, when they play aggressive like they did today. That's not up to them. We'll leave that for another conversation. But when they're in aggressive coverage like they were today, they've been the strength of this team, and I think it all starts with number five. 100% right. And, and like you said, too, the, the the invaluable lessons he teaches, like you mentioned, when you get to the NFL level, unless you are like a 1% of a 1%, just relying on your athletic ability – you can't, you're going to get burned and you're going to get toasted more times than not. So it's like that smart. So, like you said, it's playing that confidence, knowing what to look for. And Rodney Thomas, like you said, in the two wins, he's had some big pass breakups deep and he's, you know, he's made some impactful plays for this cold secondary. And especially in that Chiefs game, he came in, you know, cold when Julian Blackman gets hurt. This game, obviously, he kind of knew he started, but a short week nonetheless, still, you know, they were testing him, like you mentioned. They were not shy and knew he was out there. He stepped up to the challenge. Really, really, really impressed. Like I said, Kenny Moore kind of got back on track for the first time in a while as well. It was great to see. I thought DeForest Buckner has been banged up this year, and that's been you know part of the reason why his impact has not been felt. But you sh for sure felt his impact on Thursday night. He was all over the place, batting down balls, getting in Russ's face, doing a great job stuff on the run. I thought overall, too, George, the run defense was really good. I know they got yep. worn down towards the end, and – Honestly, I'm not going to put that on them. Like when you're out there for that long and the offense is doing nothing, it's almost kind of demoralizing. Like it's almost kind of depressing how, you know, how much they're out there and how, you know, well they're playing with, with no results. I think that's more of it than just, you know, getting, you know, just the, the Broncos offense line kind of dominating. Defensively, there's really no area you can kind of point to and say that was a weakness or a struggle. They, all three levels played really well. And they did a great job, like you mentioned. I know this offense for Denver has been struggling, but they also did a good job of not allowing them or letting them to go. Because another thing, too, for the Colts, we see in this first half, this Colts defense is more times than not, you know, gone MIA. Texans, yeah. Jaguars, Chiefs, Titans. They, they've been really good in the second half and not so great in the first half most of the year. But I do think that they are the one unit that has kind of come out and more often than not given this team a chance to win. Jacksonville's really the only time where they didn't keep them in the game. And even then they didn't let it get as bad as it probably should have. Uh, but I just, it goes back to the offense. You know I mean? It, it's what makes this so frustrating. The defense is making plays. Now the one thing they weren't doing was really getting turnovers. They got two of them today, two huge ones today. Mm -hmm. um, and then really I, the end of the game is a turnover too. I mean, that's, that's a turnover on down. So it's right. not going to go down officially that way, but you know, you get a, a huge stop and, and, win the game so um they've closed out both wins the defense has one with an interception the breakup today so you know I, I feel like the defense deserves better results than, than it's been getting the offense has no excuse you're more than a month in you're still the worst offense in the league i think it's a pretty good gap denver's probably the second worst offense in the league now they were third worst coming in but uh, the, this nine point performance is probably going to put them at 31 so i i just 
there are some positives on offense we talked about earlier. Some of the tight ends stepping up, not so much today, but in the last couple of weeks. Alec Pierce is a huge positive. They've got to figure something out up front, and they've got to figure something out. Matt Ryan's going to start playing smart football. That's what he was brought in to do. You nailed that mm-hmm. earlier in the show. You know, he was brought in here to clean that stuff up so we wouldn't have these conversations, and it, it's been worse. And you can make whatever excuse you want. I mean, he's definitely being hit way too many times. I think that's playing into this, but it doesn't matter. You're here. You're the quarterback. It's your job to overcome it, and it's your job to, to you know, get this team on track. they got a 10-day break now. They need to make it happen. Absolutely do. And, and you mentioned the offense. There were some positives. Look, credit to Deion Jackson. You know, mm-hmm. he comes in, got a weren't expecting to play a lot. Obviously, Naeem Hines was going to expect it to be the starter and get a lot of the reps with Jonathan Taylor out. Scary situation for him on, what was it, the third play of the game, right? I believe yeah. he gets hit, wobbling off. Very scary, clearly, especially what happened with Tua Tungvaloa a week and a half ago. You knew right away, no sh- uh, you know, no shot. He's coming back in to play the game. Hopefully, Naeem still him better. Um, and, you know, we'll be in good spirits uh, in these next few days for sure. But Deion Jackson comes in, 13 carries, 62 yards. And honestly, George, even though they, as a team ran for 106 yards total, they had by far their, their most, you know, competitive and most competent run game since week one against the Texans. Yeah, it wasn't even close. Right. Uh, and I think some I think some of that, you know, came when Danny Pinner came in the game. I mean, in all honesty, he started – get a little bit of push up there as we were talking about i would make him one of the positives i think the offensive line got a little better when he came in very true. Uh, you know what happens going forward we'll see uh one thing on naheem i just want to say he's one of the truly good guys in this league he's you know he worked at bojangles i think his first off season um he's just he's one of those guys that from the moment that he came in when they drafted him the very first media availability we had with him you just felt like if you were any like hiring boss anywhere in any industry you'd want this guy working for you uh so you know you never want to see anything like this happen to anybody naheem in particular uh you know just best of thoughts with him and 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 hoping that it's it's not as scary a situation as it certainly appeared to be yeah it was very ugly for sure and hopefully like i said it was nice that at least walked off Better than he started for sure. Um, but credit Deion Jackson coming in playing really well. And mm-hmm. we mentioned his name before, but I mean, Alec Pierce, by far his best game in, and by far the game where he stepped up and not only made some catches and got some yards, but got him in some big time moments here. Eight catches, 81 yards. And again, especially in the, you know, on that last drive of the fourth quarter to tie the game, stepped up with a, a big catch to prevent what could have been a game, you know game losing interception by Matt Ryan uh, when he got hit, makes another diving catch along the sideline and played so well that again, the, the, the Broncos rolled Patrick Sertan, their best corner on him late in the game. Cause that's how much Alec Pierce w- was killing him. You see the confidence now developing and you see now the talent starting to show George from what was their former second round pick. Yeah. And I think that that's going to open up more stuff for this offense because it's going to be harder now to to put all of your eggs in the Michael Pittman basket. You know, I think early on the, the plan was stuff the run and double team Pittman and make it make the other guys beat you. And now Jelani Woods and Alec Pierce have stepped up and said, OK, we'll do that. If, if that's the plan, we'll we'll be the ones to win the game. And I think that that's now Matt Ryan has to trust that first and foremost. And he's got to be more willing to not force the ball to Michael Pittman and throw two interceptions. And the offensive line, if you can solve that, that's that's the frustrating thing about this season. We've been talking about it now for five weeks. It doesn't change one week to the next. If they could solve this offensive line, there are so many other bright spots at the skill position spots 
that this thing could turn around in a hurry. But it feels like saying if I could win the lottery, you know, then I'd be rich. I'd be rich. You know, it's the same time. I'd retire. Kind of be happy, right. Like the odds feel about the same right now. And that's that's why we keep coming back to having that empty feeling in your stomach after winning a game on the road. They had no business winning. You know what I mean? It, there's no way the Colts should be walking away from that stadium tonight, 2-2-1. Two, two and one. But here they are. Thank you, Stephon Gilmore. Thank you, Grover Stewart. Thank you, that entire defense. Thank you, Alec Pierce and Deion Jackson. But and Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. And Russell they, Wilson they, and Nathaniel Hackett. They, they helped out as well. <laughs> Thank you, Russell Wilson, for targeting Stephon Gilmore twice in the end zone. But you there's no optimism moving forward. And it's all because of this offense. And 90% of it is is the offensive line and Matt Ryan. I, I don't think those two things can be separated. I think one is causing the other. I think they're very much of a kind. And they need to get it fixed. Plain we and simple. Talk, you're 100% right. And we've talked multiple times. This team is going to go as far as the offensive line is going to take them. And right now, it's not very far whatsoever. And the last thought, uh, at least for Thursday night, is this. We are seeing now somehow the question marks coming into this team on offense. All the skilled players outside of Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr. They are now starting to become answers and starting to become reliable targets. The one sure thing or the one group we felt confident about-ish was the offensive line, and they're going the other way. So the question marks are starting to become answers, and now the answers that we thought we had in the preseason are starting to become major question marks. The, the tides are reversing. It's very backwards, um, and it's like the better the skill guys get, the worse the offensive line gets. It's an inverse. It's infuriating. And like you said, that's the biggest reason why we're sitting here for a 2-2-1 two, two, and one team that record-wise, talent-wise, is there. It should be in contention, but you just look at it. It's just the offense is just so broken because the five guys cannot allow this offense to actually function the way it's supposed to function. Well, I, I can't imagine. If you told me in training camp that the biggest areas of concern on offense right now would be the offensive line, Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor, I would think they'd be 0-5. I mean, also it's true. really incredible to, to think point. about, you know, how badly those things have gone. And Cindy Taylor, probably the least worrisome of, of those, that group. He's not at the numbers that you want him to be at, but I think a lot of that is not of his doing. Um, he only has the one turnover as opposed to nine and, uh, well, 10 now, right? So um, mm -hmm. you just, look, Matt Ryan's got to hold on to the football. The offensive line has got to give him a minute to find somebody. And they've got to they've got to get back to running the ball. I know that, look, you can argue about whether that should be their identity or not, but that's absolutely who they've been all the way back to 2018 when Andrew Luck was here. Run the football. That that week two win against Washington that year, I thought, was sort of the, the snapshot of what Frank Reich wants to see. They got like, I think it was a 21 to 10 or something like that, but they ran the ball down their throat. Mm -hmm. Luck was efficient. He made plays when he had to, and the defense made some big, big plays. I think that was kind of Shaq Leonard's coming out party, 19 yes. tackles and a yes. huge stop, you know, late in there. That's who this team wants to be. They could not be further from that picture right now. I feel like we're just repeating ourselves. Offensive line, Matt Ryan through five weeks. Thank God it's not a drinking game because we'd all be drunk and we'd all have alcohol poisoning. If this was kind of offensive line misses a block, drink. Matt Ryan turnover, drink. It, it'd be a dangerous game for, for Colts fans everywhere. That is for sure, George. Holding penalty wipes out a big play. Oh. Finish your drink. <laughs> God, you are 
you gotta laugh because you know what the, the only other alternative is to cry right now and the laughing at least helps ease the pain whatsoever but you know also helps ease the pain george a win at the end of the day a win is a win there's no pictures in the record book right it's just a win or loss and they got or a tie and they got that win for sure two two and one so far after five weeks a 12-9 touchdown list game so I think this, the 12 points they got in this win were the fewest they've gotten in the win since 2008. So, of course, you know, if Matt, if Peyton Manning can do it, why can't uh, Matt Ryan do it for sure as well? Colts fans, I hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, again, I I still don't feel great about this team. And this I don't still don't feel about the, the win, great about the win in general, how ugly it was. But it's a win, George. It's a win. Ten days off. And then how about this? An NFL Sunday with no stress and no missed blocks or ugly offensive football to watch. I look forward no to that. Sacks. I, no sacks. Cannot wait. Colts fans, enjoy a weekend that will definitely be stress-free for sure. And we'll talk to you next week when the Blue Horseshoe Pod does return.